0: This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up with Allie Goodman Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I want to talk about the difference between coaching and teaching and how that plays into a lot of how I deal with things as far as education for myself and then also how that works into education for Jackson and what that means as far as me as a coach for actors in general. So I've been a coach for actors for quite some time. I don't do it on a regular basis, only because it just hasn't worked out that way. But it is something that I'm looking to get into a little bit more in depth in the upcoming future. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure I will let you all know when that actually comes to fruition. But one of the things that I've done is coaching monologues, which I I actually feel like I have a a pretty good sense of that. And I've also coached and this is actually something that I I do still do is coaching voiceover. So what I do with coaching voiceover as I've taught it is a class. I've been in a class and and taught, you know, a group of people and and worked with them in a in a class setting, and I've also coached one to one. And You know, and I've also taught acting and I've coached acting. And I want to talk about, first of all, my best practices lie in the actual coaching versus teaching. And why is it different? I, I think there are people out there who are gifted in being able to do both and do both really well. I am not that person. I can teach. I don't enjoy it as much. I can do it. But I really am a very good coach. And I'm not just saying that. I really am. Uh, And I think it's because of my personality. I'm really good at honing in one-on-one with somebody. If we sit down and have a conversation, I really zone into what you're telling me. I listen really deeply and connect with what you're telling me and relate to it and, and can kind of climb into your personal story and your situation and whatever happens to be. Funny that that works really well when you're an actor to be able to listen really well and connect with the person that you're talking to and et cetera et cetera. So all of that piece of it I think is it just lends itself to being able to coach. Well, uh and I I feel like people who are really great teachers are kind of the in my world a unicorn because I I think it's it's amazing anybody that can capture a, a classroom, a, a classroom of people, a group of people and keep them con- connected to you and learning and I don't know. I just – I feel like there's so much pressure on people when they are able to do that. So I, I value teachers so well, especially ones that are so good at it. Uh, I, I, I find them to be incredible, incredible assets to whatever it is that they're teaching because I think that's really hard. Uh, so coaching to me, which I guess if you're likening it to a sort of academic way, it's sort of getting tutoring, I guess. Um, but when we when we coach monologues, or when we coach when I coach for voiceover, a lot of times my coaching, I'll do it, I can do it voiceover, I can, I can do it in person. But I find that where I'm a real Viking in the voiceover world is, let's say you get an audition, and you record it, and you send it to me, I listen, I read. What the specs are the specs are the information like female 25 to 35 uh fun mom uh not over the top but uh talking to her best friend let's say that those are the specs and and then the copy is what the actual com you know commercial or whatever the the information is uh you know glade tells you that you know I don't know roses are the best gift to give to somebody, and you know, and then then, like the copy is what the 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 actual words are that the that the copyright wrote so uh and what the what you hear in the commercial so the my point is that I do this kind of specialized coaching that i mean, I'm sure other people do this, but i I, I don't even know what you would call it, where I work with i would say veteran voiceovers people who do this. Or have done it or are working on it, where they will record their audition and then they send it to me. And I listen, I read the specs, I see what it is that they're looking for based on what the description is. I listen and then I will reply with notes. And then I'll send it back to them with my notes and then they re record per my notes and send it back to me. And then either I give them more notes or I'm like, great, perfect, send it on to your agent. So, Lots of times, that's the kind of coaching that I do for voiceover. Uh, One-on-one, it's a little bit more like – it it almost feels a little bit more like teaching because it's like, here, let's get some copy and I'll just throw some things at you, some different styles, and let's see how you manage it. Uh, Monologue coaching, usually people will come to me when they need to prep an audition piece. So they're getting ready to go in to an audition, a general, a general means that they're auditioning for the whole season, or just they're, they're like, Oh, you're new to the city, let's meet you. And this is how we meet you is by having you come in into monologues. It's very, our, our business is so weird. Uh, but this is how it is. And that's oftentimes how I will work with somebody is they have a, a very specific thing they're going in for. Sometimes I'll coach somebody who is going in On a reading, but usually those are in a reading is like uh, they they're given sides with you know pieces of the of the script, and then we'll work on it together. I'll be the other person reading with them, and then they go in. So these pieces of this process are usually how I'm I'm hired to coach, and I really like it because it gives me a, a chance to really delve in, ask a lot of questions. I can really hone in on what the person is trying to do, figure out, I, and when I'm doing voiceover, I can really listen to what their voice quality sounds like. I can kind of climb into their brain a little bit and, and hear what it is, if I can feel like they're connected or not. And the same thing when I'm in front of somebody doing a monologue or a scene, I can say, you know, you know, I can ask them very specific questions about where this is coming from and what what are they, you know, do they understand what they're talking about there and why are they choosing that versus this or whatever it is. And and this is not to sell myself short in any way. I feel like it comes so naturally to me, to me to coach that I don't understand how anybody can get through a te- teaching a class without <laughs> running out of time. So the times that I've taught at a class, I feel like I've had to have almost somebody be my time keep because I will get so involved in one person or I'll be so worried about the class not getting enough attention that I feel like I don't give my best self. So I really like it when I can just delve into one person and, you know, give them that full hour or whatever it is because to try to break it up into pieces feels like I'm not really giving enough. And I know that you learn from learning from other people and all that, but I don't know. It just never feels... Has genuine and authentic to me to do that. And that's just me. And so I I value and I envy people who are such great teachers because it is just something – it just eludes me and I just don't feel like I, I excel at it. In Jackson's case, it's been very interesting to watch his growth because he – because so much of his day in his therapy is one to one, so he's learning from a speech therapist that's just him and and his therapist. He's learning from his a b a therapist generally that's him and a therapist. He also has some of these group therapy th- things that go on like a kindergarten readiness, and in there it's generally a a group of kids, but it's not just one teacher it's usually everybody kind of has a therapist in there. And there's one lead therapist who's running the group, and you know, and then they're all facilitating these kind of interactions and social group interactions, which is exactly what I want when I want him in social groups like that. But it isn't the same thing. Now in school, he's he is in a classroom where there's a a number of kids, even in his small uh, general, uh, I'm sorry, special ed classroom. Even in that classroom, it's more kids than teachers and there's more kids than AIDS, but there's still a, a general sense of it's a much smaller group. So then he goes into the general classroom and there's still people in there, whether it's the speech you know, pathologist or whether it's the OT or whether it's the teachers or whomever, there's still somebody kind of keeping an eye on him in a more one-to-one way. And sometimes he can doesn't need it and sometimes he does. So it gets, it gets very interesting to watch this dynamic in Jackson because he does generally better in a situation where he always knows that there's a person that he can turn to if he needs help with something. And again, I don't know if I'm needing to foster more independence in him and have him stop relying so much on having an adult person there so that he has to maybe be forced to work more with his peers because we're we're working on that those interactions that's a very hard one for Jackson his social skills are very low because he tends to be just fine on his own and doesn't really crave interactions with other kids right now uh it, more so I feel like they annoy him which is really unfortunate uh, but I I definitely would love to see more interaction with these kids so I mean I keep putting him in positions where he has to learn and work with and I and so I wouldn't say I'm not saying just me but the therapists and the groups and his social groups and in his teachers they all know that that's a big piece for me is that I want and and for him obviously for for his growth and his his uh, development that we want him to be working more towards group dynamics where he has to work with peers and talk to them even if it's at this point one-to-one on peers at least he's got he talks to them and not just to an adult for reaction and you know needs and whatever being met uh and I I'm not sure but I really do think that it's possible as ADHD and autism and all the stuff that Jackson has I really do wonder if he's more introverted versus extroverted, which is an odd thing to say because I know extroverts get a lot of energy from other people. I don't know that Jackson – I think Jackson will take the energy that he gets from other people in that I think he will – he will – he's like, well, hey, here's an advantage. I mean this person is giving energy and I will take it because I'm a sensory seeker. But I don't know that he necessarily needs outside inter- outside interactions in order to give him the energy that he has. I think he'd have the energy anyway. And I think being around people a lot I think is why he tends to go – introverted in his interactions sometimes. But it's hard to tell with Jackson, because he stims so constantly with the spinning. And that's just his way. So I don't know, I can't figure it out. And he's not verbal enough to tell us if he's overwhelmed with a lot of human contact. Uh, I know that happens to me. And for my whole life, I thought I was an extrovert, because I'm, I would say I'm, I'm really good at adapting to being in an extroverted situations I can fight through my social anxieties my issues much of the time but not all the time and I am not somebody who likes I'm not somebody who wants to go to a club I'm not somebody who ever really liked going to bars it always felt really I felt trapped and I felt like I had to save my seat and I couldn't move and it just felt really claustrophobic and it's loud and I would feel like I was always yelling just to be heard. I I really would crave just sitting in a coffee shop and having a one-to-one conversation. So that brings me back to my whole like, oh, maybe this is like an introverted, extroverted thing. And I don't think it is because I think I've known a lot of really great teachers who are introverts but just happen to be really good teachers. Uh, But it's funny to me because I just – I think teaching sounds exhausting because all you're doing is just dealing with other people. And then people who do – like special needs teaching or even just teaching let's just be honest just teaching grade school in any capacity or middle school y'all are heroes because I don't know how you do it and you don't just fall asleep by (laughs) the third hour I would be out I'd be like we're done here I'd be so overwhelmed and so tired because I don't get energy from being around other people like that. I get energy one to one, like I get energized by being like having a really good conversation or getting watching a really amazing play. But like, I feel like I really do need to decompress after a lot of that stuff. I come home and I just don't want to be bothered. And I just want to be left alone. And it's, uh, you know, I have to just regroup in a way. So it's funny, because uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that I think my father is like that. I I think my mom actually is an extrovert. It's weird because she wouldn't tell you that because she feels like she doesn't like to get up in front of people and talk and all that stuff, but she gets energized by being out with her friends and going and having a big group of people and hosting a party and oh my gosh, just the thought of that just makes me want to vomit right now. I find it just so interesting. So I wonder if much of what we – deal with in Jackson's situation is he doesn't he doesn't know how to react in a lot of these situations when it comes to being in a large group because he really hasn't had to do that even his classes at at swim class he's one of three kids even in his class at you know at school in his main classroom which is his ILP classroom he's really maybe one of eight kids and even there he's one of I think three or four kindergartners because they have the the k and one the kindergarten and first graders are in the same class so that it rounds out to about eight or nine kids so fine but so generally he's not even really in a big group in general so it's you know and then he goes into the main classroom but he's not even there all day and he's only there for you know certain things so it just becomes this interesting dynamic to watch and I don't know if I'm if I've cultivated or it's been necessary to cultivate this world for him where he gets such focused attention, I mean, granted, he needs it in order to stay on task, in order, in order to attend to what's going on. And I, I get that. And that's. I'm not even really talking in that direction. But I don't know. Um, and all of this is coming up for me right now because we're really dealing with what's going to happen this summer. This summer is such a a mess right now. Uh, d- just a long story short, we thought we were going to be having him in his ABA therapy and just pushing it all out this summer and really like rounding out his day. And then there was this big confusion about his how many hours he can have, and that threw a whole monkey wrench into this situation. On top of it, he has to have hours for OTPT and uh, speech and so trying to work around those hours and then we thought we had a camp set up for him through financial aid and then that fell through. So the last step that we were at right now was there's a there's a camp through the park district which we're trying to get him into to try to get him an aid because they will provide an aid they have to but they are now all the aids have been placed through the park districts and so there's really no one left. So there's a chance that somebody might come about, but it's probably not the case. So he, I was really excited about the idea that he was going to have to go into a camp situation where he was going to be sort of pushed into slightly uncomfortable situations, maybe with more kids and having to be around them on a regular basis and be pushed into that kind of um, uncomfortable dynamic a little bit. Jackson tends to adapt well but it does take some time so I don't know and I I was worried that you know I was I was I was originally very wanted as much of the therapy that he could get this summer but then it really turned into this well wait this could be a really good opportunity for him and now we're just not sure what's going to happen as far as the whole camp thing goes because if there's no aid there he can't attend because he can't he's certainly not at a point where he can be in the general group and this is a sports camp where they're going to be teaching rules and things to play it's not a chance for him to do that without help plus jackson will get excited and run somewhere and that'll be the end of that so he needs someone there who can actually attend to his needs and make sure that he's and then also like kind of back off and be like all right you're going to go play with these kids and then just kind of watch and keep an eye on him so i was kind of looking forward to this okay this is going to be different but we can do this we can make this work and then of course because it's so late in the summer and camp is just about to start in like two weeks there's there's no one left and so now I'm back to square one thinking okay how am I going to handle this and you know do I take my chances and put him in camp in hopes that somebody will come around or do I you know shell out even more money and hire someone to sort of be his summer buddy you know like a babysitter because I can't keep him home all day he will go crazy and he will drive me crazy and he will drive his brother crazy and I mean we already with a couple of hours that we're stuck at home whether it's raining or whether it's just the situational timing he is not okay when he doesn't have something to do so I just can't I can't fathom an entire summer uh trying to manage both kids, one who's still not walking uh, and even when he does start walking is going to be, you know, falling a lot and toddling and there's going to be a lot of picking him up and moving him and he's not hes not verbal, clearly, because he's a year old and then the other one is only moderately verbal and its it's too much for one person and I don't – I can't do it all day long. I just can't. I'm not equipped. I am a good mom but I am not a super person and I just can't do it. So here, here I am admitting some of my failures and my weaknesses and being that kind of attentive person is not, is not going to work for anybody. It wouldn't make Jackson happy either to be completely frank with you. So I'm struggling with how to handle this summer. And it's weird because I'm – I'm I'm looking forward to the fall in that he's going to have full day at school. Um it does mean less time at therapy, but he is getting older and it is necessary to start not pulling back necessarily completely, but you know, adjusting the goals and the things that we're doing for him as far as therapy and and he needs to be in school full time. And he's also, again, still in a specialized class and still doing all of that. But it's going to be – it's going to be – right now I have a lot of days where I'm jumping up. You know, I get a couple of hours and then I have to go pick him up and take him and whatever. And all that's going to still happen, but it's going to happen – more regularly at the same time, more regularly after school, which means he's going to get a full day of school and he's going to have to learn that experience. So, I was excited that this year we we had the opportunity to pull him out and give him as much therapy as we could and he really loves being in therapy. So, I felt like it was the right choice. He was he's just in kindergarten, he's only 6. You know, all of those reasons made it worth it to me to to do the schedule that we did. But next year, I think it's time. And I think it's going to be good for him to have to be in a full day at school and participate in all of those experiences there. And then, yeah, go and do his therapies when we can get him you know into those and make sure that that happens. So that that is – I'm looking forward to that. This summer right now, I'm – frankly, I'm very nervous because I don't know how to – effectively do this and let's be honest I don't I don't have a ton of money like we really essentially have one income right now and Jackson's (laughs) Jackson's situation often requires a much higher one person income Uh, and it would be great if I could be bringing in some more cash right now it's very hard because anything that I would be doing would just be trading be tra- trading child care because I would need somebody obviously here for Jordan so it turns into this how do I how do I work and still be home with my kid or make enough money that it makes sense to have help with Jordan it just it becomes this crazy situation and I, I feel like I say it every single episode but the crisis of child care in this country is it's critical we're at a critical point right now, and it's unfortunate, and it really stinks. So, even with help, even with my parents helping us, with you know, it's not like there's a bottom, you know, bottomless pit of money, you know. So there, there's got to be a way to to do this and not, and and make it a make it a summer that everybody's going to enjoy. So, uh, my stress level is up. <laughs> I won't lie I've definitely had many many moments of tears recently um, I'm very frustrated with the fact that this has had to happen as late in the game as it did and I'm angry about all that I'm trying to manage my anger but it the more I think about it and the more doors that keep slamming on us makes me even more upset so uh, I'm I'm trying to keep my cool. I definitely lost it today. (laughs) Uh, Cried to my mom on the phone. And um, I think it's because when you're when you're in a situation where a lot of your time is spent feeling, you you know, sorry, fielding issues with, you know, managing schedules, managing doctor's appointments, managing insurance, managing all of those things, basically being a house manager of your own family, and then also paying bills and also making sure that there's enough money at the end of the month instead of month at the end of the money, it it can become overwhelming. And that's my job. I do all of that. And on top of it, I'm running around these kids and, you know, getting them to and from where they need to be. And there's very little time left to there There's not really relaxation time, and any time that I do take to relax, and I don't reply to that email, it feels very like i'm oh, I have to do that and then I'm putting it off and then I'm not self care and then it's it's like all of those pieces they just become overwhelming, and some days it just hurts worse and today was an example of that i i i I got this letter from the school, and the school had said that I owe money for first grade, and I was really confused by this, and I thought he's in a public school. Like, how how does he owe money? Like, I was so confused, right? So I called the bookkeeper. And I don't know, maybe she gets 100 of these calls a day. I don't know, maybe she does. Maybe she's tired of having to explain that. Yeah, you live in this district. These are the registration fees. And this is what it is. Maybe she's just tired of it. But man, she was so short and curt with me on the phone, like I was annoying her. And I just kindly asked her to explain what they were, and I was like, well, you know, I know last year with with kindergarten, my son is in the ILP class, he's special needs, and I know that we we didn't have to pay the kindergarten full day tuition, and I'm just curious if this is the same thing. She's like, well, let me look it up, and then she looked up his name, and she said, well, that was because we requested or, you know, I, I don't, not requested, but we recommended full day kindergarten and so because we recommended it it was on us and so therefore uh we waived the fee and I was like oh okay that was not explained to me I said so this is she's like I'm just going to send you a link and it'll just explain it all and I was like well I, oh, okay she's like give me your email and I was like oh okay so I gave her my email and she sent it and I and then I said okay so so I still am not 100% sure what so I'm just sending in 230 dollars because it's the school or it's the district? I guess I'm just not sure. And she said, well, you can apply for financial hardship. And I said, what's that? And she's like, well, if you can't afford it, I can give you a form that you can fill out. And I was like, well, yeah, I'd like that. But at the same time, like, wow, way to make me feel ashamed about the fact that $230 is a lot of money to me right now. And uh, a lot of money to our family right now. And the fact that I had to pay $250 plus $36 plus another $36 to hold a spot in a camp that doesn't have the financial aid they said they would have and now I'm waiting for that refund on top of the fact that I have all of these other things. That's a lot of money to me and that's money I don't have just sort of sitting around and waiting to be paid because we just don't. And we don't live in a world where that's our situation right now. I wish it were. And it's really hard because I live in a town where there's a lot of money. It's a very affluent area. And uh, it's one of the reasons I left, to be fully honest with you. It's one of the reasons I left. I left at high school, and I said I don't want to be here because I don't feel like this place is teaching me the like the, the world, and it's not a good fit for me. It just makes me feel bad about myself all the time, and I'm not saying that that's a hundred percent true now, but it it's very hard to find a tribe here, and it was hard to find it back then. I have a few people that I love who are so supportive and amazing, and um you know shout out to them for their awesomeness who continued to be people that I could connect with and stay connected with over the years, but generally, the people who were living here and the people that I associated with and their families it was about how much money can we throw around and how much can we flaunt and um I didn't. I just didn't value it in the same way. I valued connection and emotional resilience and emotional connection and emotional love and friendship deeper. Friendship way more. And I wasn't finding that here. And I'm not saying that that doesn't exist here now, because I think it does, and especially even more so now than it did before, because there's a lot more transplants here than there were before. But it's very lonely here. Um, and it's even lonelier because playdates are not something I can do with Jackson. So Jordan, for example, had his first playdate and it was really exciting. And I saw interaction and I, I saw I saw him see other kid another kid, and I saw him respond, and it was amazing. And Jackson, that's just not the case. So any anybody that has a play date with Jackson is doing us a favor right now and that kind of sucks so try to find try to find a a tribe of people who get that who are who have the same humor as you who understand your what crazy weird thing you do as an actor who get your sense of who you are. I'm not your traditional person. Let alone, I mean, hello, I'm a weird actor, let alone someone who has a 9 to 5, let alone someone who you know, I I'm not I'm not very girly. I don't enjoy the same things that most of the moms around here enjoy. I'm just I'm a, I'm a real misfit. And so that on top of everything else, it just it makes it even harder to find your people. Uh, I'm really good at adjusting and adapting for a short amount of time, but even that gets exhausting. And then I have to go home and I have to decompress. So I don't have a lot of people who I can be 100% myself with. They're very far and few between, and most of them don't live here. So it's, yeah, it's a, I mean it's got it's got kind of it's got kind of melancholy more so than I expected it to but you know just look I always tell you that I'm going to be honest I tell you that I'm going to bring it and be real with you and today was a really tough day today made me sad and I'm feeling better and things are better and I'm pulling it together and I've got my kids coming home soon so I'm 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 feeling I'm going to be fine and it's all going to work out in some way it's not going to be ideal but it's going to work out uh, because I won't let it not and honestly the people that need to hear about what this experience put me has put us all through what it's putting me through now what it's going to be putting Jackson through to some degree those people who need to hear that that admonishment of how we are now scrambling, we'll hear it. They will hear it. And um, because as I've said before, I am no longer a doormat and I will stand up for myself and I'll stand up for my son because they they jerked us around and we are in a situation now where we are scrambling. And it's, it's unfortunate. And really, truly, the real person who loses in this situation is Jackson. And that just sucks. So I will report back after I have my conversation, which is happening this week, and I will let you know how that goes next week. Uh, I would love to do a very quick shout out to, um, I've been thinking a lot about my friend Susie. Susie uh, was actually one of the people who lives in who lived in this area and I grew up with her and we were friendly as kids and then I left for high school and went away in Michigan and she was still here and we kind of we didn't really keep in touch really but we never had like it was never like falling out of any kind and then when I moved back up here we reconnected in Chicago and then we reconnected back when her because her family still lived up in this area and so um, she has since moved to LA and she is now living in Arizona but um, shout out to Susie because you have always, you you had no reason to have to stay in touch with me. It's, you know, you have a whole different kind of a life. You know, y- you definitely always care about me and you check in with me and I really appreciate that and I really, I love you Susie and I, and I've been thinking about you a lot because you're living in the desert and oh my gosh, the weather here has been so ridiculous. So you've definitely been on my mind um, a lot. So thanks for being a good friend. And with that, my friends, I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you soon in the next episode. Thanks. Thank you all so much for joining us on Acting Up with Allie Goodman. I just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations. So please reach out and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Allie Real, to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there. We are all in this together.